Hi, and welcome to History Makers. I'm Matt Prater. And I'm so pumped up today. We had such a wonderful soup kitchen today. We saw nine people come to know Jesus. And our guest speaker was Pastor Prince Thomas from EmmanuelIndia.org is the ministry. He oversees 300 house churches uh, with uh, 160 pastors. He's got a Bible college. He's got a school with 200 kids. Uh, they uh, are you know, setting up wells and doing all sorts of amazing things in India. But he's currently based in Dubai on a kind of a secret mission, doing amazing work among refugees. And it's such a pleasure to have you in the studio today. Welcome, Pastor Prince. How are you? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I'm doing fine. Now, there's a lot of questions that we're keen to ask you this afternoon, Pastor Prince, but I've got to begin by asking you about your name. Now, did your parents just uh, view you as, as their little prince or, or <laughs> is, is prince uh, associated with something particular in India? No, actually my mother loves the name prince. She wants to <laughs> see me as prince and Thomas is my father's name. So they kept the name, father's name next to my name so that my name became Prince yeah. Thomas. It's a really cool name it for is. a pastor, yeah. isn't it? Because yeah. yeah, we associate Prince, I guess, with the, the artist Prince yes. and, and Pastor Prince. Yes. Yeah, we're all princes and princesses of God and yeah. it just kind of flows really well. So do you get asked that question much? Uh, no. no? It's first okay. time. First time for everything. <laughs> yeah. Now, we'd love to know a bit of your story today. Uh, you were raised in a Christian home in India. Yes. And I understand you came to faith uh, when your older brother, who was a pastor, led you to the Lord yes. at the age of 17. Tell yes. us what happened. Uh, I born and brought up in a Christian family. Um, actually, for, when I was born, my mother committed me for the Lord's service, Lord's ministry. And when I was growing, mo- mother used to tell me that uh, you are uh, going to be a missionary you want to be a you uh, need to be a pastor but i never liked to be a minist- uh, missionary or a pastor i grown up and um, but through my elder brother i came to the lord jesus christ and um, so i told my parents that i want to study so i did my high schooling did my degrees went to the uh, engineering college i did my textile technology engineering in textile and uh, all i want to do is like i want to work and I want to support some very poor people or missionaries, and that was all my desire. Um, my call uh, is uh, all my life turned. It was in 1995. I was in New Delhi, the capital city of India. I was attending a very good church. Until that time, I never experienced God uh, in my personal life, even though I go to church, I pray, I do worship, but I never had a vision or uh, I never experienced God in such a way. During that time in 1995, March 13, I was worshipping and praising God. The pastor was telling us, if you never experience God, lift your hands and give your life, God will come and speak to you. So I really liked that. I just lifted my hands and I was standing and I was praising God. All the Only the prayer came. My heart was, Lord, I want to know you. If you really love me, if you really know me, please, please speak to me. What is the purpose of my life? 
I was just crying, tears flowing when I was worshiping and praising God. Do you know, all of a sudden, Jesus Christ came in vision, standing in front of me, talking to me as a person. He looked at me and he was calling, he was telling me, I have chosen you. I love you. You are my chosen one for my work. And he continued saying, will you give your eyes to me so that I can look through your eyes to the poor, to the needy, the suffering people there in the street, in the villages. He told me, will you give your hands to me so that I can touch your hand. I can use your hand to heal and deliver many people there in the bondage. He told me, will you give your feet so that I can go with you to the villages, streets and the countries, wherever. And um, he just, the Lord was speaking to me, will you, will you keep, will you, will you able to dwell in me? Will you pay a price to have in me? Will you live a life for me? Will you give your life? I want to use you. You are the one. That was the first time experience in my life. First time ever. So after all that meeting, I went, went to the pastor and I told him what all it means, giving eyes, hands and legs. And the pastor was so excited and he told me, son, God is calling you. He wants you to uh, be in his team. He wants to be a missionary. First thing I did was I phoned to my mother and I told him, Mom, I want to be a missionary. I would like to be a missionary. And she was the most happiest person <laughs> in the world. <laughs> yes. It was almost like, uh, you know, it was uh, very prophetic. You know, <laughs> your mother spoke that over your life yes, when you were little. Exactly. And, and, and you had your own plans, but it sounds like you were brought up in a household where, um, you know, God already resonated and he was already working, but he was just waiting for your willing heart to yes. do uh, what he had intended. And it's, it's really exciting to hear yes. that kind of a testimony because you don't hear hear it every day. Uh, so what happened next in your, your journey, at Pastor Prince? I know that you've been involved with Emmanuel India for quite some time, and that's uh, the main church ministry that you're a part of? Yes. After my um, call, I re- when I realized my call, my pastor led me to a Bible college that is in North India called Grace Biblical Seminary. And uh, I, I, I was there. I was doing my, I did my bachelor's in theology. And um, I did three years, 95 to 98. And 98 uh, uh, March, after the graduation, I never know where should I go. Then I was fasting and praying, asking the Lord where I need to go for the ministry. And most of the graduates are going to other Bible school for their further studies and they want to become pastors. But I asked God, Lord, wherever you want me to go, I don't want to go myself. I don't want to go when others suggested. I was fasting and praying. All of a sudden, the Lord showed me a name, Burmana. B-A-R-M-A-N-A, Burmana. I never know what is Burmana. Whether it's a person's name, I asked people, what is Burmana? No one know about it. I went to my Greek and Hebrew teacher. If if there is a word Burmana in mm. somewhere in Greek and Hebrew, and my teacher told there is no word like Burmana <laughs> in, the, in, in any Greek. So at last, one of my Bible school professor told me, Burmana is a rural village name, and there is no Christians. And uh, I was so happy to hear that it's a village name. So I dedicated myself to go there. Um, no organization, no churches behind me. I decided to go. I came to the bus stand and I spoke with the bus driver. He told me it's almost 13 hours in the bus. And it's, uh, it's, a, uh, it's a, 
different state and um, so i sat in the bus and the next day about 11 o'clock morning i arrived in that small village barmana i had i was so excited to see that small board there in the village it is written barmana <laughs> 11 o'clock i am standing in the bus stand i am so excited but i did not know where to go next what to do next because i did not know anyone there in that village i was a, i was a, I, I, i was a first i was a first christian there came to their village and um, but i went to the people and i asked them do you know jesus is there any church i showed action none of them replied me they all told me we don't understand what you talk about from 11 o'clock evening 6 o'clock i was standing there in the bus stand going to the village coming up and down about 6 o'clock an elderly woman came to me and looked at me she asked me son why are you standing here where are you going from where did you come i told her my story after hearing my story this elderly woman asked me will you come my house without thinking anything i just went with her because i was in hopeless situation i need to go somewhere she took she took me to a very old and wooden house one room in the top floor one room in the below floor it's a very old house she took me directly to the top floor and um, in that small room there was a photo hanging of engman and um, and she told me he was my son two years before he was killed he was in indian army and uh, for two years uh, i live with his memory i had only one child mm. when you were standing in the best end i had seen my son in you because mm. my son was same like you your face your figure everything actually was my like my son and she continued if you stay here in this room i will look food i will look after you i will cook food for you but only one condition call me mother oh. that day she became a mother and i became her son i made my first practical message ever in my life that whenever god sent us to some places before we reach there god sent his provisions for us but we need to take the first step Mm. and we can see the second step of god's miraculous provisions and his hand working for our lives let's continue with your story so now after many years of ministry there's 300 house churches yes. uh, 160 pastors the bible college and you've got a school with 200 kids you're doing all this ministry but you you know and it looks successful mm-hmm. but you've had some tough times and yes. persecution yes. um just tell us tell us when you were beaten up and and what happened to your arm yes so i started living in that house at and that dear mother looked after me very well and i was coming from do you know a bible school i was so enthusiastic only my purpose was going and making all these villagers as christian i was so like dynamic at that time so i had lot of christian literature i went to every houses and told people about jesus handed bibles and literatures to them and uh, one week there were no problem but after one week all the hindu the village people came to know that i am like converting i am preaching a foreign religion after that one week when i was coming down after distributing go- literatures when i was there in the street and about 15 people like radical hindu radicals they just caught me and they began to argue with me they began to beat me up so badly challenge uh, shouting that why do you come here and preaching a foreign religion and um, so they were shouting and they just broke my arms and two times the bones were uh, broken my bone was just come out of flesh and and about 15 people with their boots they they just keep 
kept on kicking me and just pulled me there in the street i was in pain i was in blood i was just bleeding all over that was the first time i ever uh, had my first persecution but do you know what happened to us that time when i was just laying i thought i'm dying and this, there is a divine boldness came to my life the joy of the lord was just overruling my life and even though i forgot the pain i forgot the situation something so great the presence of god was upon my life and uh, when someone i uh, informed that mother that mother dear mother came and took me and put me in the hospital and they just say do the operation in my hand put the steel rods and she was there to look after me and uh, and that was my first persecution and but this this the people who beaten me up they were after me they came even the hospital and they were shouting to that mother to leave me just send me away but that i don't know that mother she stood very strongly she said he is my son no matter whatever you do to me i'm not going to give send away my son so god enabled that woman to stand with me otherwise i i don't know what to do there mm. she was my protector she was she stood very boldly and i started the ministry and uh, but the woman who first uh, uh, came to the lord jesus was not she but kamala she was interested to hear the stories and i asked her do you like to receive jesus in your life she was actually fearful of all these village people do you know after uh, about three months i was getting well then i was walking through the village and praying and doing prayer walking and there was a woman laying in the bed and i was just walking and pr- doing prayer walking i i noticed a woman laying in the bed outside of her house all of a sudden god in my heart talked to me go to that woman and pray for her i just i because i really want to do a prayer walking i don't want to do any ministry so there was like a second time god is telling me go back to that woman and pray so i turned back and came to this woman and i asked her is is she okay she said i am paralyzed all my body is paralyzed my husband was a hindu priest my children left my husband left i am only alone and the neighbors are looking after me i sat near her and i shared gospel with her it's the first mm-hmm. time she is hearing about jesus christ and um, uh, do you know what happened to us i i reminded the lord lord you call me my hand my eyes my leg so i was asking god is this time will you come and use me lord to see this lady healed so i was kneeling down placing my hands on her arms and i was asking god will you come and show that you are the lord here will you do something here i was just giving her uh, more about jesus and i just prayed for her i had seen her fingers moved while i was praying the heaven came down and that was the first miracle happened through my life and that gave, uh, that uh, lady became healed and her name is kamala so i led kamala first time ever in my life and uh, kamala was healed completely and she slowly began to walk and she came to my house and we started the sunday service and uh, there is a hospital nearby kamala and kamala began to bring many people from the hospital there was a boy 6 year old both kidneys failed doctor is telling that you are dying he brought up and god began to heal these people and we started the first house church in barmana in 1998 september that's uh, an incredible story i'm sure a lot of people right now are just thinking wow mm. but we shouldn't underestimate the power of god right. should we and and what he can do uh, in our lives and um, the question i wanted to ask you pastor prince is Uh, what you experienced in uh, you know that very very first beating and that first experience of persecution is something that most Australians here uh, will never experience what is it 
that makes you keep going in your faith in the midst of, of that kind of persecution uh, on, on a day-to-day basis? Because I, I think that a lot of people here uh, could possibly never experience that, never understand it, but it's so present in so many countries, in so many places. What is it that, that gets you up every day to keep going in spite of, of the risk to your very life? I think it's um, it's like a very deep passion and commitment of my life. I, when I committed my life and I told God that uh, until the last breath I want to serve you, no matter whatever, it's like uh, problems, difficulties, even whether we have food or no food, luxury, anything, Lord, I will be so happy to serve you until the last breath of my life. I think that was a that was a strong dedication i took on 1995 march 13 since that day that was in my heart that was in my passion i never looked i never went to many people and asked money no never in my life and god was there every time he was meeting me i think that was the passion that made me strong even actually most of in northern part of india like the state i am working 21 million people christians are 0.09 7000 villages and um, not even 1% christians on the moment you go to these villages and start preaching about christianity the first thing they will do is they will come and beat you up that's the first thing the beating up and all this persecution is that's a normal thing in most of northern part of india i have heard all these missionaries most of all of them had gone through tough time 6 months before one of our village churches attacked and about 40 believers and new believers brothers and sisters worshiping about 50 people hindu fanatic men came with iron rods and sticks in their hand beaten all of them up and shouted at them if you continue to come here and we will kill you but the believers no they none of them will go back to back to hinduism they their faith will just grow slowly increase when you walk through our mission field it is something like a book of acts and like we you can just experience there's a problem there's persecution the church is growing they are spreading all over and they're spreading the word of god and <laughs> that's growing up <laughs> well it's been inspirational to catch up with you today unfortunately our time's almost up one more quick question uh so i understand for the last two years your wife and two children yes. have been ministering alongside you in dubai yes. you go into the refugee camps and you're not allowed to take bibles you're not allowed to say anything against allah mm-hmm. or muhammad or the quran it's very dangerous you'll be locked up and imprisoned if you break the laws of the land yes. yet you've seen 18 people come to know jesus yes. and you meet with them out in the desert in the yes. middle of nowhere yes. and you give them a microchip mm-hmm. for a bible that they put into their phone because if they're caught with a bible uh, they'll be persecuted and mm-hmm. um, tell us what's the latest that you're seeing in yes. dubai After actually we were planning all these 300 churches in northern part of India, mighty movement of God, I was so excited, thrilled to be in the mission field. My target was like planting 5,000 churches. Two years before, myself and my wife, when we were fasting and praying for the direction of the Holy Spirit, for the family, for the ministry, I had a vision of an Arabic man standing in front of me and he was talking to me. And my wife was in another room, in her room, she was praying. And on that moment, an arabic woman in the black dress is speaking to my wife in the vision and she was asking to my wife what's the way to go heaven how we go heaven can wow. if i die today can i go heaven my wife was telling her all the gospel message mm. <laughs> then i was thinking about the middle east and all of a sudden my wife came in front of me and seeing that 
I think God is calling us to the Middle East. I had an Arabic woman. I looked at her and I told, really? Yeah. I had an Arabic man. <laughs> so we realized God's call. But it was a tough journey. Mm-hmm. And because, you know, from the place where we are just like settled. And all of a sudden we go to another country where we don't know anything. Nothing. No sponsors. No, organi- no organization. Nothing. But we decided to go. I be I myself and my wife we hold our hands we knelt down on the floor we told god we are coming will you be there and god's presence was there mm. so mm. so we packed our luggage our children were so happy but they were like they were worried about their education so we went to united arab emirates and um, we started when we went there nobody was there we are extremely the muslim um, all these people there so somehow we started the leave and god was there day one and just to meet our needs and just look after us and able to speak into us i began to go to the labor camps where all these pakistani indians um, uh, bangladeshi is all the pe- i speak five languages so i five can languages. speak wow. I, i can speak any one of them <laughs> in their own languages so what i do like in india we cannot go do any kind of evangelism on the moment i speak anything against allah quran or ahmad something like that i'll be really in jail so um, i must be very careful the lord gave me a strategy of like going and making friendship with these people and um, wait for an opportunity to share gospel with them mm. so i just kept on meeting uh, these dear brothers and uh, brothers there in the refugee camps and kept good relationship with them but i waited another maybe four or five months uh, to share the gospel with them once the relationship is made and uh, my first convert is ahmed from pakistan this dear man was like having a lot of problem in his body sicknesses tiredness and seeing all the black angels coming and attacking him in his sleep so when he was sharing all, all of a sudden i felt sh- just pray for him share the story and um, so i shared the story with him prayed for him the hand of the lord came upon him he accepted the lord that night and he i i gave him baptism on august 2015 that was my first baptism in the middle east in arabian ocean slowly through muhammad i went to another people we started about 18 now we got 18, 18. people now baptized oh, yeah. and and we cannot uh, do a prayer we don't have any church there so we cannot do any kind of prayer in our houses we go to the desert the wilderness we sit in the sand on friday when the sunshine goes down when others no one notices we just sit together and we just sing song and we do praise and worship wonderful That's doesn't church. matter uh, what 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 rules man puts in place god right. finds a way doesn't yes. he he Amen. will always find a way exactly oh so wonderful well, unfortunately our time is up but it's been such a, a privilege to be able to meet up with you today and if people want to find out more about your ministry the website they can go to is emmanuelindia.org that's emmanuel with an i emmanuelindia.org and there you can see the links to their church planning, their leadership development programs, their safe drinking water and the wells they do, the disability ministry, orphanage, mission school, medical ministry, so many great things. Uh we we wish we could have had longer with you today, but I think it's been a good taste of what uh, God's been doing in your life. Uh Pastor Prince, uh, it's been a blessing to have you with us today. We reckon you're history maker. Thanks for your time. Thank you. It's mm. a big opportunity for us me to come and share with you. Oh, it's been just as <laughs> just as wonderful for us Amen. to be able to hear it and witness. So Thanks so much. God bless. Thanks for joining us on History Makers. If you'd like to listen to this interview again, just go to historymakers.tv. There you'll find links to Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can subscribe to our iTunes podcast or check out our YouTube clips. And you can find out about History Makers TV. We are a faith-based ministry and we appreciate every donation. 
You know, the vision of History Makers is to share the good news of Jesus Christ to the nations of the world. If you'd like to partner with us, send us an email, info at historymakersradio.com. God bless you. Have an awesome day. I'm Matt Prater, and why don't you go and make history? History Makers. History Makers is proudly sponsored by Bible League, who serve the local church and other partners around the world by providing Bibles, scripture materials, and training to help people meet Jesus. They provide God's Word to a lost and needy world. Bible League plants Bibles in prisons, among persecuted Christians, and in poor nations, bringing the love and light of Christ into many people's lives around the world. Make history today by joining our friends at Bible League and planting a Bible that will help someone meet Jesus. Go to bl.org.au. Station sponsor.